I recently heard a story about a mother who asked her six-year-old son to go down to the basement to get a can of soup, and the little boy said, well, I don't want to go down there. It's scary. The mom thought, well, oh, great, a teaching opportunity. So, so she said, well, you don't have to be afraid because Jesus will be down there with you. So the boy shouted down the stairs, Jesus, since you're down there anyway, you bring the soup. <laughs> All of us have some kind of fear about something, no matter how tough we think we are. I think this year especially, there's a lot more fear in the air than there was Christmas 07. As many of us worry about our finances, our jobs, the, the state of the economy. Sometimes it's fears for our children or our health or our career or school. Sometimes it's fear of being alone. Sometimes it's fears of what other people are going to think about us. Sometimes it's maybe a nagging fear that we're trapped in a routine, unadventurous life. But the promise of Christmas is that Jesus can bring hope and joy out of our fears when he enters into them. You know, if you think about it, there was plenty to fear that first Christmas. An unwed teenage mother giving birth in a barn in the mud, the smell of manure everywhere, while a genocidal king commands that all boy babies be killed. When Jesus entered our world, he did not do so under special rules, but he played by the same harsh rules that you and I have to play by. All was not calm, all was not bright that first Christmas. And yet the fact that we're here 2,000 years later and we experience Christmas as a joyful event, I think is testimony to the fact that when Jesus enters our fears, he can transform them and bring out of them hope and joy. And not just in some kind of theoretical, religious kind of way, but in, in very practical ways, real life ways. Last week my wife noticed that the baby Jesus was missing from our nativity set. And then she saw my five-year-old daughter playing with her handheld video game. She had something kind of weird in her hand. And so my wife asked, well, what are you doing? And my daughter said, well, I lost the stylus for my game, so I'm using the baby Jesus as a stylus. <laughs> my daughter understands that Jesus meets your practical needs, right? <laughs> Daily practical needs. Jesus wants to step inside our real world of jobs and school and kids and marriages and mortgages and all of that stuff and bring hope and joy. I caught up with an old friend over Thanksgiving. He's an architect in his mid-30s. And he has a lot of friends, a lot going for him, but he also had some fears about a year ago. For one thing, his job is very difficult because he has boss from hell. And on top of that, he very badly wants to be married and he's not married yet. And then to top all of that off, his girlfriend dumped him on New Year's Eve last, last year, which, which really is kind of, the, kind of the most insulting breakup there is, right? I mean, she stuck with him th through New Year's to have the date for New Year's Eve, and at 12.30 breaks up with him. Tacky, very tacky. Bad form. Well, next day he was very depressed about this, and he started praying, and he kind of felt God say to him, you know what, it's a new year. There's nothing but possibility. So he said, okay, Jesus, I'm in. Bring it on. Show me what you can do with 08. And Jesus began to change some things in his life, but not in dramatic, miraculous ways, just a series of kind of practical, ordinary events. A couple weeks after New Year's, he was kind of reminiscent about the fact that when he was in high school, he used to do a lot of music, and he kind of missed it. And so he said, okay, God, if this should be a part of my life again, well, then, well, then show me. Well, the next day, he got a call from a guy in his church. 
my friend goes to a church where a lot of Bay Area artists and musicians go to. And every year they do this Easter play. Tons of people attend because it's done by all these professional actors and musicians. Well, the guy that called said to my friend, well, we heard that you used to do music in high school and want to know if you want to try out for this play. My friend said, no, no, you, you don't understand. The only thing I have done with music in the last 15 years is sing Prince songs to karaoke. <laughs> he said that out loud. I mean, he admitted that. I mean, Prince, like, how uncool is that? Well, he ended up auditioning anyway, and then he was cast as the lead role, Jesus. So they said, no, 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 you don't understand. I'm Roman guard number three, not the lead, not Jesus. But he did it anyway. And opening night, he was terrified, had all kinds of fear. But as he was performing, he had an incredibly profound spiritual experience. So he started, he just got kind of flooded with the presence of God. And he started seeing people the way Jesus would see them, the people in the play. Kind of feeling what Jesus might have felt the night before he was crucified. So he looked at the actor who was playing Peter and suddenly he felt all this love for Peter and, and, and felt like, oh, i got to strengthen him for what's coming up and what he's got to face. And kind of felt that way for, for all the disciples. He said, for one night I felt like I had the heart of Jesus. I felt like I knew what Jesus felt when he looked at us. It was a very moving spiritual experience for him. Well, out of that, he, he began to get more confidence out of performing in that play. A couple months later, after the play, he started a con some conversations with his boss where he said, you know what, you're not treating me right. And for your own sake, as well as for, my, for mine, you need to change that because your employees are going to resent you and that's not going to be good for your business. And over time, the boss became convinced and stopped yelling at him and gave him a raise. Then a couple of months after that, my friend met a professor at Stanford who asked him if he'd help some students with a design project they were doing to design a stove that, uh, for, people, for poor people in the developing world that didn't use a lot of wood. Because in the developing world, people can spend up to eight hours a day just looking for wood, and this stove would prevent them from having to do that. And so he's now doing that with these students, and he's loving it. He said, you know what, I'm mentoring these students, and in the process, I'm literally saving lives in the developing world. He said, but the best part was that God guided me to those things that were uniquely suited to me. Music and design. And that makes me feel like God must love me an awful lot to go to all that trouble to get so personal in my life. Now everything in his life isn't perfect. He still longs to be married and he isn't and he still has problems. So everything's not perfect. But he's not as worried about it anymore. He's got this sense of joy and, and adventure and he's doing stuff that really matters and he feels incredibly close to God. Because on New Year's Day, he handed the keys of his life to Jesus and said, Jesus, what can you do with 2008? Show me. One of the names for Jesus in the Bible is Emmanuel, which means God with us. Not God above us, because that would be an incomprehensible God. Not God all around us, which is kind of the popular notion of God these days. God's kind of everywhere, but nowhere. But you know what? That's not a very personal God. It's God with us. Because you see, what happened that first Christmas was God himself came in human form in the person of Jesus and personally entered the battle of life with us in order to transform our fears into hope and into joy. That's what Christmas is. God enters the battle with us himself. So what are your fears? We all have them for something. All you have to do is what my friend did and said, Jesus, here are the keys to my life. Show me what you can do this year. Change my life. Come into it and transform it. And if tonight you don't know Jesus, I just invite you maybe to make a commitment to get to know him. 
And if we could be helpful in that or some other church could be helpful in that, go to church just to kind of find out who he is. If you've got questions, shoot me an email, one of our pastors an email. We'd love to talk to you about who Jesus is. Pastor I know named John Ortberg one day was walking in Newport Beach, California with two of his friends. And they were all pastors. And, and they walked past this bar and a fight spilled out into the street. And there were a couple of guys who were beaten up on this one guy. So John and his companions tried to break the fight up, only they didn't really know how to do that very well. Seems they missed the class in seminary on stopping bar fights. So they went over to these guys and they said, hey, you guys, cut it out. <laughs> Didn't work very well. But then all of a sudden the guys who'd been doing the fight and their, their eyes got huge with terror and they kind of began to slink away. And at first John didn't know why until he turned around and he saw the biggest guy he'd ever seen coming out of the bar. Sort of like if Hercules and Wonder Woman had a kid. That was this guy <laughs> looking kind of angry. So all of a sudden, John's attitude changed, and he said to the thugs as they were walking away, and you better not let me catch you around here ever again. His attitude changed because he knew that he had a great big warrior on his side. That's Christmas. God himself, in Jesus, personally enters the battle, enters our everyday practical world of loneliness and marriages in trouble and careers or school careers in trouble or financial fears or boredom with life. He enters those things and then he turns worry into wonder and fear into faith and tedium into joy and adventure and hope. Because 2,000 years ago in Bethlehem, in that dark street shineth the everlasting light the hopes and fears of all the years are met in Jesus tonight. So Lord Jesus, help us to connect to your amazing love that you would come to earth just to rescue us and reconnect us to God. Lord, help us to connect to that love. Lord, help us to connect to the hope that you give us, the joy that you give us. We invite you into our lives, Jesus, and turn them around and, and give us joy. And we will be grateful people. We pray this in your name. Amen.